Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Our scripture reading this morning is from Esther chapter 4, verses 12 to 17. So they told Mordecai Esther's words, and Mordecai told them to answer Esther. Do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, Go gather all the Jews who are present in Sushan and fast for me. Neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise, and so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther commanded him. Last week in Esther chapter 3, we learned that a man named Haman was made head of security for the king after Mordecai discovered a plot by some of his officers to kill the king. And everyone was to bow down and honor Haman. But Mordecai would not do it. He would not do it. Some of the other security guards saw Mordecai was not bowing down and they approached Mordecai and asked why he was not paying honor to Haman. And Mordecai simply responded that he would not bow down because he was a Jew. Now we don't know for sure if Mordecai was standing on that principle of the second commandment, which is uh, you know idol worship. Or if he was simply referring to that long-running feud between his ancestors and Haman's ancestors. Either way, it didn't matter to Haman because he was filled with fury, as we saw. He was extremely upset and mad. But rather than simply punishing only Mordecai for his actions, Haman decides to have the king issue an order to destroy all of Mordecai's people, to destroy all the Jews. So the king signs a decree to destroy all the Jews on a certain day, and this is where our scripture picks up in chapter 4. Mordecai heard about the king's decree, and he was filled with sorrow. He tore his clothes, put on sackcloth, went out to the city gate, and was wailing in grief and sorrow. Putting on sackcloth and ashes was an outward sign of inward distress, inward shame, inward sadness at the time. See, Mordecai realized what he had done. By not bowing down to Haman, he is the one that prompted this essentially ethnic cleansing, this genocide, this retaliation by Haman. 
some of Queen Esther's maids and eunuchs, the servants, saw Mordecai out there weeping and wailing. So they came to inform her of the situation. So Esther calls for Mordecai. But he refused to come. Instead, Mordecai and Esther communicate through a trusted servant. And Mordecai tells Esther to go and plead for mercy at the king's feet. To go and plead for mercy for her people. The first response Esther gives, she says, I can't do that. You're forgetting the kingly protocol. Meaning you don't approach the king unless the king summons you. Because if you're rejected, you could lose your life. And it appears for whatever reason that the king had not called for Esther for about a month. So Esther was obviously concerned for her life. If she just approached the king and the king didn't want her there, she could lose her life. And then in verse 12, Mordecai responds by saying, hey, you're a Jew too, remember? And just because you live in the royal palace doesn't mean you're going to survive the massacre. But, on the other hand, if you don't speak up and if you don't talk to the king about trying to save us, God will still deliver us from this trouble somehow. See, Mordecai had faith in God. He believed in God's sovereignty. He believed the power of God to protect his people. He believed that God had a plan and would see it through. He believed in that promise that God made to Abraham back in Genesis chapter 12. At the time he was called Abram, God told him, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. Mordecai remembers that. He has faith in God. So Mordecai decides to appeal to Esther's faith by simply asking the question, who knows if this is what God would have you to do? In other words, maybe God put you in this position for this exact reason. So do what you need to do, not only for yourself, not only for your people, but for God. So then Esther agrees to visit the king. But only after she and her servants fast for three days. And she also wants Mordecai and all the the Jews that he can gather together to fast as well for three days. Now the scripture here does not explicitly say that they prayed during this time. But I think it can be implied. Praying was and is usually a part of fasting. At least it was for the the Old Testament times. And so they did according to their plan. That's where our scripture leaves off this morning. They were praying. They were fasting. What an interesting turn in our story once again. We see a young girl, Esther, struggling to do what is right. 
And when you think about it, at some point in time in all of our lives, we've struggled to do what is right. We've had to make tough decisions. But here is Esther, truly making a decision that is a matter of life and death. Could be her death, could be the death of her people. But her decision really shows her character and her faith. She's willing to risk her life for her people. She knew the right thing to do. She knew she had a moral responsibility to do what was right. And she did. But only after three days of prayer and fasting. She gained her strength from God to do what He wanted her to do. We know Jesus tells us to take up our cross and follow Him. Well, the story of Esther occurred four to five hundred years before Christ. And here she is, taking up her cross and carrying out God's will. She trusted in God's plan and she believed and she listened to Mordecai once again. And I think this once again reiterates that fact that we talked about last week. That you need a personal role model in your life. You need someone that you can trust. Someone you can rely on. And of course we can always trust and rely on God. And sometimes God uses others to convey a message to us. Esther had a problem. She consulted with her trusted friend, Mordecai. She believed him. She listened to him. But beyond that, and more importantly, she took the matter to God through her prayer and through her fasting. Is that what we do today when we have an issue? Do we try to solve the problem on our own? Do we go to someone that we trust can maybe help us or help us to think more clearly? Do we fast and pray? It seems like today fasting is not really a popular method of communing with God, being closer to God these days. Sure, some of us do fast, but chances are it's for medical reasons or maybe health reasons, dieting issues. That's why we fast, because we have a, maybe a blood test or we're going in for surgery, so we fast. We don't eat before that. Or maybe we're just trying to be on a new diet and you only eat at certain times or something. Who knows what? But fasting should really be about getting closer to God. And I think part of the reason why we don't fast today is because we live in such a busy and such a, a noisy society. But we all have troubles and we all have worries. Concerns, let me say. And we need to take those troubles and concerns to God. And I don't mean just simply knock on his door and, and drop the concern off and then go about our business, meaning just say a quick prayer and be done with it. 
sometimes that's all you can do. Sometimes you're in the in the, the middle of a difficult situation. All you can do is say, "Help me, Lord, help me." That's fine. That's all you can do. But at other times, we need to really focus on talking to God, and more importantly, listening to what He says to us. We need to remember that He has much more information and knowledge about the situation than we do. In fact, He has the big picture of it all. The past, the present, and the future. He's got way more power than any of us put together. In fact, He has ultimate power over all situations. And He's got an infinite amount of resources available to use. So the next time you're struggling with something, Take it to the Lord. And I mean really take it to Him fully. Focus your life not on your problem, but focus your life on communing with Him and see how He responds to get you out of or see you through the problem. He's not always going to tell you what you want to hear. You may not get the response you were hoping for, but He will take care of you as you trust Him. And we have a responsibility to ourselves to do what is right. We have a responsibility to others, and we have a responsibility as the body of Christ to represent Him in this world. And most importantly, we have a responsibility as a child of God We have a responsibility to Him. We need to do what is right in all situations and circumstances. And not only right, but to do what He wants us to do. Let us pray. Lord, we thank You for helping us in our times of need. Help us to be responsible and to do the right thing in all situations. Help us to do what it is that you want us to do. And we are so thankful that you do not turn your back on us, even when we fail. Give us the knowledge and the wisdom to know and to do what it is that you would have us to do and give us the courage to do it this week. Amen.